0: From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So J.R., we we've been talking about Governor Tony Evers' proposed biennial state budget for months. Then last week, he released his capital budget, a separate plan that includes the amount of money he's proposing for construction and building projects across the state. Evers wants to borrow an estimated $2 billion to renovate UW system buildings and to build a new adult prison near the troubled Lincoln Hills Juvenile Facility in northern Wisconsin. Republican Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald called the level of spending and borrowing in the plan alarming, especially given tax increases in Evers' overall state budget proposal. So can the capital budget plan make it through the Republican controlled legislature?
1: The impression I've gotten so far is they're gonna do a deep dive into this and kinda of look at each project and try and figure out whether they're okay with the overall level of bonding in this budget. Um, Cause don't forget, we also borrow to pay for roads. So there's kind of a, you have to look at that in a, a big picture, but the impression for Republicans so far is they'll probably look for some areas of cut the question is, where might they want to cut and by how much? Um, this capital budget is about three times as much as what Governor Ever- Walker I'm sorry, proposed spending uh, two years ago. But at the same time, you know, Republicans will tell you that there's a pent-up demand for things like maintenance because there's so little was spent, comparatively speaking, last time around. So they put off some things that, you know, maintenance that's kind of needed to keep these buildings uh, in good shape. So I get the impression that Republicans will embrace some of it, but maybe not just everything that Evers has proposed there.
0: Meanwhile, Governor Evers says he stands by Don Crim, his choice to lead the Department of Safety and Professional Services despite a child abuse charge against her from 2005. The case was dismissed under a deferred prosecution agreement. Evers called Crim an extraordinary human being and says he stands behind her. Republican Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald called the news deeply unsettling, and Krim is expected to go for confirmation hearings this week before a state Senate committee. Do you think she'll be confirmed?
1: I just don't know if Republicans have an appetite right now to try and say, okay, we're, they're going to try to reject this nomination. You might see him just, Republicans slow walk it. You know, they do the public hearing, maybe vote in committee, but not take a full floor vote, because you can kind of cons- uh, serve indefinitely without a confirmation vote. The issue becomes if you come to the floor and reject it. If you reject it, then you can't be in the position anymore, and the governor can't renominate you for that post. I just don't know yet if Republicans have the appetite to take that step and go for that kind of a Um, A stance.
0: Also, the state Supreme Court race is heating up between appeals judges Brian Hagedorn, the conservative candidate, and Lisa Neubauer, who is backed by liberals. The election is April 2nd. A group run by former Democratic U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder announced last week that it plans to spend $350,000 to help elect Neubauer, at the same time, the Hagedorn campaign suffered a blow after the U.S. Chamber of Commerce announced it won't put money into the race on his behalf. That's after reports surfaced that Hagedorn. Fo- That's after reports surfaced that Hagedorn founded a school that can ban teachers and students who are in gay relationships. How much will outside support from big national groups impact the race?
1: Well, it, it could impact it significantly. And the worrisome thing, if you're Hagedorn, is that we're seeing liberal groups lay down a marker of what they're going to do. But on the conservative side, we've only seen a little bit so far from Americans for Prosperity, things like $17,000 in change, compared to like $230,000 from the three groups doing canvassing, another 350000 from the holder group. So the, the effort just isn't there to correspond to what liberals are doing. And it's just a fact of life in politics. If you don't have an equal effort financially, it makes it very difficult at times. So the question becomes, okay, will conservatives rally around Brian Hagedorn in the closing weeks and find the money to match that liberal effort? Or are they feeling a little bit uneasy about him because of his past blog posts and his positions on various issues and saying it's not worth the fight with?
0: Moving on to another topic, the chairman of the Republican Party of Wisconsin is stepping down after a disappointing 2018 election in which Scott Walker and all other Republicans in statewide races were defeated. Brad Courtney notified GOP leaders last week that he was resigning immediately. He had been chairman for eight years. Courtney said in the letter that we are all disappointed in November's election results. He also said that Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson asked him to remain on an interim basis. Are you surprised that Courtney resigned and what will be expected of the next chair?
1: Uh, no, I mean, he'd made it clear before that he was gonna serve, uh, he was reelected and uh, shortly after the November election, but to a, on an interim basis. So he's only hanging around while the party kind of completed this, this post-mortem analysis of what happened in the 2018 election. So we knew he was going to leave. It had been a couple of months since then. They've had you know that time to work on the analysis, so we felt like this is the time to leave. They brought a new executive director in a couple of weeks ago, Mark Jefferson, who actually worked with Courtney, the party from 2007 to 11. So he'd been there before uh, working with the party when it didn't have a governor uh, in power, so he knows, so Mark understands the dynamic and raise money and, and organize without that advantage of having somebody uh, uh, kind of leading the party in that, in that way. So it's not a big surprise. The challenge now if the next chair is okay, once this post is done, with the recommendations? How do they change, do they need to change? If so, what do they change? You know, there's some talk about whether the party needs to reconnect to the grassroots or if it got out organized in 2018 or, or what happened. Um, and so they'll take that report and then try and figure out the next steps forward. And then from there, you just got to rebuild, rebuild money, rebuild infrastructure. And whoever that next chair is, he or she has got to be positioned to kind of help connect with the grassroots, keep them engaged, to raise the money from uh, donors, big and small to fund the operation and start leading the party forward because you have a big cycle coming in 2020. And by the way, we'll have new chairs for both parties because Martha Lanning is not seeking reelection election as the Democratic Party chair's office. And we'll have new executive directors with Jefferson joining Republicans uh, not too long ago and Devin Remeker joined the Dems uh, at the end of last year. So it's going to be a new new party leadership for a very important election cycle, which Wisconsin will be, if not the, one of these swing states for president.
0: And finally, a government watchdog group says candidates and special interest groups spent nearly $36 million on Wisconsin legislative races last year. The Wisconsin Democracy campaign reports the spending shattered the previous record of $28 million in the 2016 legislative ra- races. Are these kinds of record-breaking numbers what we can expect from now on?
1: Um, You know, possibly the rules have changed uh, after 2015 in terms of the contribution limits to candidates. Um, There's a new provision in that Republican rewrite of campaign finance law to allow unlimited transfers from political parties to candidates. Political parties can uh, accept donations any amount they want right now. So that that has an impact in all this. You know, money, money is not an infinite resource in politics. It actually is a finite resource, but it flows where it's needed, and if they can bring in the money, um, they're going to go out and spend it. It's also worthy of noting that along with the records that were dropped, uh, record amounts spent in the legislative races, the record amounts for attorney general and for governor. So it's just a fact of life. You know, costs go up, and there's more money out there, and, and they're spending more.
0: That's Wispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.